Welcome back to another live episode of Seminole Sideline 365. We are coming to you right after the FSU Spring Showcase that just wrapped up here a couple minutes ago out of Tallahassee. Uh, and as always, welcome back and thanks for coming by. I am your host, KB, and not with me is the old man as he is still traveling overseas. We'll be back a little bit or in early May, but I'm glad to have you. Glad to be by. So if you're new to the channel, Thanks for coming by. Subscribe, share, and tell a friend. If you hate what we're talking about, comment, let us know. But if you like it, leave your comments below because we'd love to, to hear what you have to say about today. Um, yeah, today was an interesting day for the Spring Showcase. I think it was very similar to, to last season's when you saw a defensive dominance to some degree. You'll say, you know, there's a lot of points, you know, points put on the board today uh, in terms of scoring, but primarily by one. Right. Um, I think there are some flashes um, by both sides, primarily, uh, you know, starters on offense. You saw them put up some numbers just looking at the, uh, you know, looking at some of the numbers here. Someone released a, uh, a, a quick uh, photo of the quickie statistics that the uh, media team at Florida State put out. Um, uh, I think it was just coming out recently. So we'll look to see if that comes out. I'm trying to verify if those are real or not. But yeah, you saw you saw like 38 points of scoring once again in the controlled scrimmage environment. Um, so yeah, some good and bad things. So we'll talk about those things uh, for a couple of minutes today. I just want to get my quick reactions to it. But I think overall, wasn't a bad day. I think your starters did what the, you, you expected them to do. Some consistency, some things you got to clean up. I think probably the most disappointing well let's start with the good things right i think jordan travis uh played plays played as well as you expected him to play today um he came in no injury i think that's a good thing no injuries to your starters today right um johnny wilson didn't play to my knowledge he you know uh at all or just wasn't featured but once again i said that on thursday i didn't think he should play at all no you know what you have in him there's no risk getting him hurt and let the other wide receivers shine so no, he didn't play. No injuries to him. Uh, Jordan Travis had what four or five series in the in the game total. First one started a little shaky uh, through that interception. The kid on the loach kind of stared down the receiver uh, on that throw, and he and he paid for it. Um, you know, those are obviously things that you don't want to see in against LSU in Week One uh, because they that's a team that will make you pay for staring down a receiver. Uh, you know, uh, close to your sideline like that. Um, but he rebounded very well, right? Couple of those throw those deep throws to uh, across the middle uh, to uh, to Jaheim, I think it was um, a couple to Kentron KP. Uh, that touchdown throw to KP was beautiful, uh, being the DB there, perfect placement in the back of the end zone where only he could get it. Uh, I thought Jordan Travis played really well, and and he uses uh, legs effectively, right, to get out of trouble to elude the defense, uh, uh, you know, get out of pressure. Um, and that's what you expect from him, right? He, I think he had a very, very good game today. Um, looking at the other quarterbacks, I think it's been clear. It's pretty clear now that, uh, in my mind, it, it, and we also discussed this on, on Thursday, I wanted to see what the other backup quarterback options were. Was it Tate? That would be the solidified number two. Could A.J. Duffy surpass him? Is Brock Glenn a phenomenal freshman that could, you know, he came in as an early uh, enrollee. Could he be someone that, that competes for the number two slot? I think it's clear today that, uh, in my mind, Tate is the guy. 
he did what I wanted him to do. He took control when he was in. He looked confident and made some darn good throws. Some throws that's that that for example that throw to Rodney Hill in the back of the end zone on I don't know if it was a wheel route, but Rodney Hill breaks out to the right, goes down the sideline, beats the defensive back uh, or beats a linebacker. Tate hits him in the back of the end zone for a perfect ball. That's what I wanted to see out of Tate today, and Tate delivered um, with confidence. Right? He didn't make any dumb plays. He didn't make very many. I think he had one maybe kind of so-so throw, questionable throw, uh, which was another stare down. But for the most part, he he controlled the offense. He made quick decisions. He processed things pretty quickly. Didn't take unnecessary sacks. Um, you know, sacks in this game scenario. Right? So I was impressed with with what he showed today. Right? So in my mind, and then when, uh, you know, AJ, what did AJ do today? As a, you know, as a now a uh, second year player in the system, like I said, I'm not the biggest AJ fan. I think a lot of people are. I'm, I'm really not. And once again, that there's no statistics for me to not like the guy, right? It's just my personal opinion of what I see from him. I think he's still slow at processing the field. And that's to be expected, right? The guy's only been in the, the program for a year, year plus. And so I think for a young quarterback, he's still learning to process the field quickly. I think he used his legs efficiently today. And that's great that he has that athleticism to do that. And, and he did that the right way when the pocket broke down. But I still think he's slow to process the field. And so I think with knowing that in the way you know, Brock was Brock came in with backup offensive linemen and there's a lot of pressure in his face. And when he did have time to throw, he made some great throws, right? You saw him hook up with uh, Hakeem uh, Williams at the end there. Uh, at the end of the game with a perfectly placed ball, he put a, a pretty decent elite place ball to Vater, uh, Darius Jacobs uh, on that one-on-one throw on the sideline there towards the end uh, in the uh, celebrity uh, uh, coaching sessions there. Uh, so I think when you saw what Brock with his ball placement, when he had time, he could do it. But in my eyes, Tate solidified his spot clearly that he's he's got the confidence to make the right plays. And if he has to come in, do what he did against Louisville again, that he is your best option to replace uh, Jordan Travis if we have to. Not that we want that to happen, obviously, but I think uh, I think Tate in my mind solidified his spot today. He looked confident, he looked composed, and he delivered some uh, some damn good throws today, which I was glad to see, right? Uh, looking at the running back room, I think I was, I, was, I was happy. Once again, defensive line dominated most of the day. They, they applied pressure on the quarterbacks. They applied pressure on the running backs, right? It was, it was not easy to run today, um, just like it was last year. Last year, defensive line dominated very much most of the game last year, and today you saw a lot of that as well. Um, it was not easy running. But I think you saw a lot of what C.J. Campbell can give you. You saw what a, a lot of what Rodney Hill can give you. Tofili, it looks like he's got a little bit bigger, still has a lot of that shiftiness, which is great to see. So, uh, you know, in my mind, you saw a little bit of Trey Benson. I think it was good to limit his carries. You put the green jersey on him, limit his contact. You don't need him getting hurt. He came out healthy, which is great. Um, but you know what you have of him. Lawrence Tofili, it was great to see some of the shiftiness in him. Like I said, him getting a little bit bigger. Um, but with CJ and CJ and uh, Anthony, um, or uh, with Hill, Rodney Hill, I, I would love to know your thoughts on who you pick between those two, right? I think people are going to be in the camp of, I'm team CJ, he's your number three guy, he's your kind of ward replacement, or some people are going to be with uh, Rodney Hill, and they're going to say he's your ward replacement, right? Both those, one of those guys is going to get the leg up, or they should. I don't think rotating four running backs, possibly, you know, 
and we'll get into the other issue that I had or something I had an issue with with the running backs today. But but rotating four running backs is is not going to be effective. Um, so in my eyes, I liked what I saw more out of Rodney Hill today than I did CJ. I think CJ, I, I, he doesn't. I don't know in the in terms of catch receiving the ball. I think he's a little bit shorter. He has got slightly shorter arms. He's a, and he's a smaller guy, right? He's a, he's more of a bowling ball uh, in my eyes. He's still shifty. He's still big, but he's a little bit of a shorter guy. He's got shorter arms, so it's he dropped a couple balls there. Rodney just looks a little bit more. I don't know more balanced in terms of what he can give you. So I, I would give the leg up to Rodney if I, if I was choosing. I think they're both very talented, but I think Rodney's going to be your number three or your your 2A or 2B running back, and then CJ will definitely get time to this. But I think Rodney's going to be your go-to guy, and I, I did like what I saw out of him in, in, in face of the game today. The disappointing thing for me was, where was Kaziah? I didn't see any announcements if he was out today or if he was playing not to play. So maybe I missed out on the injury report. I, I saw the injury report earlier in the day or earlier in the week that, you know, guys like Darian Williamson and uh, some of the offensive linemen and, and stuff like that were going to be out today. But I wasn't aware if, if uh, Kaziah was going to be out today. So please correct me if, if I missed that note or stuff like that. Cause I, that was one of the guys I, I talked about Thursday that I was really excited to see, like see him on, tape see him with this team see if he could emerge like trey benson did last year right and i was kind of disappointed not to see any of those see him on the field today so maybe there is something going on maybe he's dealing with an injury stuff like that but i was a little disappointed not to see him in action today and see what he has because i hate for him to be buried on the depth chart a talented guy like that not to get rips in today because like i said you have an incredibly depth uh deep right back room and I, I think he's going to be behind because you have two more guys. They got reps today that are going to be competing for that third slot. And I don't know what's going to happen with Kazai Holmes at this point. Is he maybe, maybe he's transferring again. I don't know. With the portal reopening today, you're going to expect some guys from Florida State's roster to transfer out. You have to be expecting that. Good to see the tight ends go into that group. Saw a good catch from uh, uh, Kyle. Saw a good catch from Jaheim. Jaheim is Jaheim. He looked athletic. He looked fluid. You saw a great grab from him over the middle. Uh, you know, you know what he can do. He's going to fit in right very well to this offense. Uh, towards the end of the game, you saw Kyle finally uh, get some game tape on. He looks as kind of athletically advertised as you should expect for his size, 6'7", 250. He moved pretty fluid down that down that kind of scene route down the middle of the field. I really liked what I, you know, in limited role, uh, snaps for him. I like what I saw there. Um, he he doesn't look slow or, or sluggish in terms of his body movement. Um, so that was good to see. It was interesting to see at the beginning of the game how many touches Preston Daniels got. That surprised me a lot. And this is another room that you're like, God, they got so many guys. You got Marquiston, you've got Preston still here, you've got you know Jaheem and Kyle, uh, you got Brian Courtney. I think someone's gonna have to jump into the portal from this group, or I would expect it because not all these guys are going to be able to play this year or even next year. So who like, it, so maybe that's why they're, I don't know if like maybe Norvell was like trying to get Preston some game tape so that if he's playing to leave, they're like, Hey, look at how well he played in the spring showcase. Good luck, Preston. I love Preston because he, he is a true blocker. Like he is that blocking tight end that Norvell really got to establish uh, in this offense when they didn't really have a lot of options. Right. 
but it was, and I enjoy him getting to be kind of featured in the offense there early on, but he's not your most athletic guy uh, available right now, especially with the guys that you just brought in or that you've recruited. And you have now six guys in that locker room that are going to be competing. And, and so I, I don't know what happens with Preston, right? I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I would expect one or two guys from that room probably to look at Portland. If you keep all of them, that's amazing because that just shows next year you're going to even have more depth and you have, don't have to recruit another guy. You shouldn't hopefully have to. But uh, it's interesting that how many touches he got early on. It was great that he made, he made some great catches. So it's great if you can utilize that blocking tight end who can roll off the block and then go and catch a ball for you like he did a couple times last year. So that, that was great to see. Receivers. Not a great start at the beginning. You know, Thursday I talked about wanting to see Vidarius Jacobs uh, and see, uh, you know, a lot of spring talk about him and he being as advertised as a you know true freshman impact player with his speed and his playmaking ability. And then first plays the game for him, he he fumbles the uh, kind of end around. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not a good start, right? Um, then he kind of got warmed up into it. He had a couple more end-around plays where it was kind of a, a slow handoff in that end-around process. But I think what you saw is that if he catches that edge, he's gone. He can he can get you quick 10 yards. He can he juked out. I forgot how who he juked out on the on a play there uh, on, on the edge. But he has speed, he has elusiveness, he is, like you said, as advertised. That guy is a playmaker. And I think he's going to develop more, more, you know, get more comfortable in the scheme. Once again, he's an early enrollee freshman. He's got to get comfortable into the system playing with these quarterbacks. I think, you know, he wasn't exclusively playing with Jordan Travis. So he's probably depending on which quarterback he's been taking handoffs from in practice, you know, things are, you know, things can get, you know, out of wax. Right. So I'm not going to blame him totally for dropping that ball. You don't like to see that, but as the, as the you know, spring showcase went on, you saw some great – you saw a great grab from him. You saw that elusiveness on the another end-around play. That wasn't very smooth, but when he got the edge, he, he broke off for another 10, 15 yards there. So, overall for him, I give him a seven for the day, and he showed you what, what's possible with him, which I think is exciting. And they have that on tape now to show other teams that, hey, this is a guy that, you know, you've got to play – you game plan around a little bit. This new freshman – piece that that Florida State has you're gonna have to be ready for him because he he can break that edge and get on you real quick uh which is great to see uh B Riley what did you miss we were just breaking down kind of the core groups here quarterback running back receiver um like I said Tate's number he he solidified himself as a number two quarterback uh, in my eyes uh Duffy and, and Brock didn't do enough and, and for me uh to to really uh, move up the depth chart in my eyes I thought Tate did a great job today uh and, and controlling the offense and he made some great throws, which I was glad, glad to see running backs. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, like in, uh, I was saying early in the show, but any word on Kinsiah, why he didn't play. I was disappointed not to see him play. I wanted to see him play uh, overall. I was more, I was impressed with both running backs uh, fighting for that third spot and, and CJ and, and uh, Rodney, but I would give the edge to Rodney. I really liked the way that he showcased himself today. Um, and then we talked about tight ends and, and, what are they going to do with all these tight ends? Preston Daniels got a lot of the touches early, uh, which was great to see for him. But then you've got Kyle, who who made a great catch and showed his fluidity, and, and he looks as advertised. Jaheim made a great catch. He's as advertised. You still got Brian Courtney. Douglas didn't really play today. You you know, you got Jarrell. Uh, you got 
six guys on this roster, I would expect one of the portal, right? One of the younger guys are more, you know, maybe a Preston Daniels. Like I said, maybe they're trying to get Preston Daniels game tape in the spring showcase so that he can portal nicely. I don't know. Um, I think I thought overall we looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall it wasn't a bad day. The thing I think that stood out to me as a negative, and I don't want to go negative with this because I think it was a it was, it was a good day, was the offensive line penalties, especially from some of the starters. I think it was Maurice Smith had a procedural penalty, and then Casey Roddick had a holding call. So there was some offensive pe- offensive line penalties from your starters. That was a little bit, you know, got to clean those things up. I don't expect that. You don't expect that from a veteran group, right? So, you know, if one of your, you know, freshmen or, you know, backups does that as they're realigning each other, you know, aligning up with different lineups, I get that. But I don't want our veterans to be doing these procedural penalties that put into those third and 13 sequences, stuff like that. So that, that was the only kind of negative for me. And, and you know, but those are things you can clean up, right? You don't expect those to hopefully carry on to the season um, as it wasn't a huge major issue for you last year. Kazai got dinged up before you should not cast Drucker from the rumor reel, but they shut him down for the spring. Okay, thanks, B Rod. Yeah, I I had I didn't remember seeing him on like a list of report, but that's good to know. And yeah, I was I, I was hoping that we would be able to see him in a showcase like this. But like you said, if he's dinged up, they shut him down. That's good to see. I just don't know how how he breaks out into, into the depth chart, unless like before Easter, he was really burning it. But he, once again, you saw what Rodney and CJ could do. They look great. You know, they look good to above average today. They made some plays individually. Once again, the defensive line dominated the day for the most part. So it was tough running in a controlled environment like today. But both those guys showcased their talent. I don't know how Kaziah is going to be able to. He's going to have to do it in a live game scenario when they throw him in there for five or ten snaps. And he's going to have to make some game-breaking plays. He didn't have this opportunity like Trey Benson did last year who got to really make a name for himself in the spring showcase last year. Right. So that, that's disappointing for him. Um, I, I, you know, that's, that's disappointing. Edmonds was a big negative for me. Yeah. Um, well, uh, disappointment, but then you look at a guy like Dante Anderson, right? That guy, I think uh, if you're looking for a standout on the defensive side, defensive end side, defensive line side, I think Dante Anderson looked for with freshman, true freshman, that guy looked like he could have some real potential. Maybe he has a uh, Pat Pat uh, Pat Payne type year, uh, like he did, you know, like Pat did last year, where he makes some rotational big plays for this team. He looks built. He looks as explosive. He looks ready to make some plays. And I think that's a guy that, give, you know, going against some of these lower tier offensive lines in the ACC, you know, you could use Dante Anderson in some select situations where he could eat all day, right? You know, maybe you give some reps off for, for Jared Verse and, and stuff like that. But Dante looks like a guy that can play right away. Um, maybe, you know, not not full time, but you could put him in against some of these lower tier ACC offensive lines and he could he could clean up. So I'm excited to see. I was excited to see. And then Brian Turner, he, he showed off his speed on the edge too towards the end of the game there. I know it was against some backups, um, but I think he was going against buyers on that the transfer on one of those and he just beat him off the edge just with speed rush. And so to see Turner put on the jets like that, and get to the quarterback and he got credit with the sack. That was a, uh, that was an exciting scene too. So you got some, you got some really good speed on that edge. Um, and that was, that was, a, a, that was fun to see. 
Uh, not worried about the O-line at all. Yeah, Hypnotic, like I said, I'm nitpicking there. Uh, I think you know the veterans you have in that line. They got a lot of experience behind them. So I am not worried like I've been in years in the past. These are all things you can clean up right. I think protection was good overall. Jordan Travis made some good plays with his legs, as did AJ. Um, and when they had time, people delivered. So I, I think, like you said, it's not a, not a big deal overall. Um, yeah, because uh, I Barrett, he's already transferred once, likely here next year. Then we'll lose the top guys from the room. Yeah, I, stinks for him. Um, but like you said, it's, I'd rather have the depth that we have than lack of depth, right? It's a good problem to have, but it, it does stink for him. Uh, yeah, Anderson, he he was – yeah, he, he is he would be the fourth or DN, not, not third. Definitely agree with you there. Um, he, he is, he stood out. He made like, he was one of those guys that, like I said, a couple of guys are going to stand out from the pack today. And Dante Anderson was one of those guys that definitely stood out uh, from the pack today. Have they put Dante on scholarship yet? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I would think so by now. <laughs> I mean, based on how we played today, I would hope so. Uh, cause that kid could definitely go somewhere and get a scholarship in my eyes. So, uh, that's a good question. Byers was a little disappointing too, but it's early. Yeah, like these transfer off offensive linemen. I mean, he's a kid. He's a kid coming from a UTEP, right? So there is going to be a speed acclimation process, I think, for them, uh, for some of these guys. But Byers did get beat by a true freshman. So that is a little disappointing to see. But like you said, these guys are new, coming into the system, getting coached up. I don't want to judge a book by its cover and just say like, controlled environment like this, but it, it's definitely not a positive sign. Um, but they are going against great – he's going against great talent on the defensive line. Um, and, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? That's what they say. So it's it's good reps for these guys, good things to get on tape, good things that you now get to fix, right? Um, so going back to position groups, like I said, receivers. We were just doing tight ends receivers. Uh, like I said, Jacobs, I think, made some uh, good plays, started off a little shaky, made some good plays towards the end. He's definitely a weapon for you. Um, the, other, the other player that I think that stood out for me, I'm just trying to think back to it, um, oh, KP. I mean, amazing. It was great to see KP stand out today, man. And I think B. Riley and some of the hip, a couple of guys last Thursday or this past Thursday said it. KP's your number two this year in terms of who's going to be the guy next to, uh, uh, you know, to, to take the spot of um, a Pookie and, and be that reliable receiver. I mean, Portier, uh, he, Ketron did his thing. He did his thing, right? He made some amazing grabs. Didn't drop many balls, if any at all. And he showed off. He showed off. He made a name for himself today. He stood out, did his job well, made contested catches, um, and he showed you that he is ready to take that next step in his program. And it's good for him. I'm glad to see a guy like that that stuck with the program, got recruited, under-recruited, stuck with the program, get a transfer out, now is ready to take that next step. So I hope for him that he does it, – it, this spring game showcase does translate to confidence on – the game, you know, onto the regular season field, because I think what we saw last year with just under 300 yards, four touchdowns, he has big game potential and he can be what, what we're losing in Malik McLean, right? McLean, McLean had potential, didn't really get to live up to it here. And I think Kentron could be very similar to what that guy could provide you. Um, on the defensive side, I think like we already talked about, Dante Anderson stood out, great, has great potential there. I think on uh, other players, you know, I, I don't think there was, you know, you got what you got out of guys like for, you know, those guys, you, you know what you have in those those commodities there. The other guy, Omar Graham makes a place. We talked about him on Thursday. I think Omar Graham, he stood out on a couple of plays there. Um, I don't think the defensive backs were, were amazing today. I don't think 
they were bad either. But I think Omar Graham from the linebacker level was able to stick with some guys, make some make some uh, breakups. I think he has very high upside from what we saw today. It, it may be able to make some impact plays for this team this year, which is which is exciting to see. Deloach, what he had, he would have had two touchdowns today. Would have had the interception on the very bad pass from Jordan Travis. Travis just stared down his receiver, um, and Deloach jumps it and, and runs it back. And then he gets the the fumble recovery when I think CJ, I think CJ or, or Rodney uh, fumbled the ball and got stripped, sat, uh, stripped and, and taken. Um, so the Loach did his job today. You know what you have in him: consistency, tough guy, fast, athletic. Uh, stood out today and game play, uh, breaking plays today. So and that's one thing they brought up on the broadcast, and I think it's true. Fleur State was plus two in turnover margin yes uh, last year, which sounds great, but when you think about Jordan Travis only had, what, four or five interceptions last year. This team does need to get more turnovers. The defense needs to generate more turnovers, whether it's fumbles or, you know, sack fumbles or for interceptions. This team needs to create takeaways, especially against good teams, right? Jordan Travis got a lot better at controlling his mistakes and not forcing the ball and, and doing his job well like that, right? Not giving away the ball. But this defense – with that, needs to take the ball away more, needs to create those opportunities. When they get their hands on the ball, they need to capture it and intercept the ball, or they need to force the ball in really nice hands, right? That's how you break games early, right? That's how you beat teams early on and break their will. So um, it was exciting to see Deloach go off like that. Um, I think that's hopefully, like they said, the Broncos is a point of emphasis, but turnovers are sometimes lucky too, right? Um, fumble jumps your way, stuff like that. So it's it's hard to measure uh, how how – how many turnovers you're going to get next season, right? Uh, Kadarius, yeah. Kadarius, did, and he made some good plays, too. He, he definitely made some uh, plays, too. I think he may have gotten beat early on that touchdown. I think he was in the zone of that that first touchdown. But he definitely made some good plays uh, on the edge as well. So that, that's a good point out there, too, Hypnotic. Both the teams came off zone coverage. That was a – yes. <laughs> zone coverage interceptions, yes. Because like you – last year, like you said, our zone coverage is a little bit uh, – a little bit suspect. So that was that was good to see that they were playing their zone well, covering, breaking on the ball from that zone. So that was that was important to see. This the disappointing part on it was both those interceptions, guys were just staring down people, right? They're, they weren't processing. And that was the thing I brought up too early with uh with AJ. AJ just looks like he's still slow at processing the field. Um, and then he relies on his legs to break out, which is good. You have athleticism, that's awesome. But AJ still looks slow at identifying who's open on the field, which I think, which is why he's, he, he still needs a year or two to develop into, into being a potential starter at Florida state um, and where he'll battle Brock Len uh, for that spot. So no, it, it was great to see uh, those interceptions come from zone coverage. We saw some, we saw, uh, I think B Riley, you pointed out on Thursday uh, from, but they a little bit, they showed from the punt return drill. Um, we saw Ja'Kai Douglas out there returning or kind of practicing that. So interesting to see that that, that is who they have back there, kind of doing those. those. There was no traffic in his face. It was just purely kicking it, fair catching, fair catching it. So it wasn't any pressure drills like that, that they showed. It was interesting to see that Ja'Kai really didn't have any role or any catches today in the actual offensive game plan. So something maybe to watch. Like I said, it's so – we could, people are going to take a lot out of what happened today that isn't actually going to translate into the season, right? You know, people are going to say, oh, well, Ja'Kai didn't catch a ball today. What does that mean for his future? Is he going to – you know, stuff like that. So I don't want to over-exaggerate what we saw today. Um, 
But guys that did stand out, like KP and, and Anderson, I think those things you can say, oh, well, we saw some things on tape today that can definitely make a difference. Like we saw with Jacobs. We saw Jacobs' speed on tape today. That guy could be a playmaker for this team in the right scenarios, right? So uh, I, I think that's that's exciting to see. Yeah, uh, Mark, don't, definitely agree. Kentron's for real. He just, he just needs the reps, the opportunity, and the consistency. He's got all the physical tools, all the ability to do it. Like you said today, we saw it today. We saw it today. I'm excited for him to get the opportunity, and I think Mike Norvell and this team will give him all the options, all the opportunity to do it. So, like you said, I think Kentron is definitely for real. Definitely for real. Yeah, Glenn looks like he will advance faster than Duffy. Not that they'll necessarily pass him in one year, but a year from now, I expect Glenn to head Duffy right now. Yeah, to your point, I think Glenn, he was his offensive line uh, was getting whipped left and right. And uh, for the most part, he had pressure in his face immediately. When he did have time, you saw the ball placement. His ball placement was very it was pretty good, I would say. It wasn't, you know, elite. Was but he plays a ball for a guy that should still be in high school, like they said, who came to this program what three or four months ago. He plays the ball pretty well for a, for a, a newly uh, newly enrolled kid. So I give give that guy credit for, and he looked poised in the pocket, right? He, he you saw him step up into the pocket a little bit, um, look confident in there, and I think, like you said, I think he will look to. I think there's more potential for him to be the f- next future quarterback in Florida State than Duffy in my eyes. But like I said, it's good to have these options. I, I think all quarterbacks showed some good highlights today. All, everyone from Travis to Duffy to Glenn, even the McNamara, right? He had some, a couple of good passes there at the end, right? So I think everyone today showed some good progress or some good things on tape. It, it wasn't just a dumpster fire of bad passes and interceptions. <laughs> they put some points on the board and drove the field. Um, it was good to see that because it was – Pure, it was a good defensive line day for the most part, um, but I think there were some good things that every, every player showed today. So, yeah, th- I mean, those are my real thoughts. I, I Like I said, I don't want to take too much of a narrative out of today. Like I said, I don't want it to be, oh, we didn't say Ja'Kai Douglas in the offense. You know, we didn't see him feature what's going on there. You know, I, I you know, we didn't see Mark Easton. We didn't see, you know, I don't want to get too in the weeds on that, right? I, I don't want to focus on those things because I know the media may overhype those things and the narratives out of this. But I think for what it was today, we saw good things and we saw a couple bad things that can be cleaned up in the offensive line in terms of penalties. But for the most part, it was a, it was a good day. No injuries, too. I think uh, Lamont Green Jr. had a shoulder thing, but uh, he gave the thumbs up. But that was a good thing. You came out clean today. No major injuries. That that's amazing. So, uh, but I, I think the final thought for me on, on this is, who do we lose after this? Transfer portal is open. You are, in my eyes, you're going to lose a couple guys after this, um, just because this is the deepest Florida State's ever been in my eyes in terms of oh, deepest since maybe like the championship year, right? Two thousand, you know, twelve, thirteen, those kind of years with the the end of Jimbo. I think you're going to maybe lose some guys, maybe from the offensive side, maybe from, maybe one from the running back room, maybe one from the tight end room, uh, maybe less from the defensive side of the ball. Maybe maybe get some, maybe you lose someone from the offensive line. I don't, maybe, probably not, but you have a lot of veterans on the offensive line, which is amazing. And a lot of them are transfers, so a lot of them probably can't go. So that's a good thing. You've got a lot of transfers on the offensive line, so a lot of them can't really move. Um, but I think you're going to lose a couple of kids here and there. Um, Probably they're not going to be high impact players, but a lot of depth pieces, a lot of a lot of floor pieces that that bring that talent floor up. So it'll be interesting to see who decides to move on in the next week or two. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> McNamara looks better than Mertz. And, yeah, I was I was actually impressed with McNamara. He looked uh, he looked very composed for a for a, a you know walk on um, back there. And yeah, I think uh, it's interesting to see that Florida and, and, and the coach down there says they're going to be continuing to evaluate their quarterback options uh, come up transfer portal. So it'll be interesting who who the Gators bring in to compete for the uh, to compete for the quarterback position because uh, they seem to be in a uh, dire straits with uh, Mertz and Miller. I just got we look better than Florida and Miami. I was not overly impressed with Clemson's offense either. Yeah, I I need to watch Clemson's spring game. I didn't get to see how uh, uh their their new uh, their new quarterback looks. I guess he's been there, but Klebuk. Uh, uh, I I can't pronounce his name. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, well, I shouldn't say I'm excited, but I want to see how that new off uh, that new offensive coordinator how he changes their offense, if at all. You know, the the guy from TCU because we knew their offensive coordinator was not very good uh and and dj was kind of i i don't know what was wrong with dj i i know he wasn't elite but i think it's a combination of the offensive coordinator dj uh, uh klubik or whatever his name is it's supposed to be have high talent but if not i need to watch their game tape just to see see how that turned out but i think as we said on thursday florida state got the prime time spot for their spring showcase and it was for a reason right we have we have all the momentum in the state. We have the best team, the best depth, the best program running in the state right now. And it's up to it's up to the team to showcase it in the regular season. So and continue the momentum moving forward. Burrell, Travis J, Schrader, maybe it's yeah, I think you're right on B right. I that's a good name you brought up. Josh Burrell did not see him at all, did not hear his name at all today. And that's disappointing. I know the guys battled through some injuries, stuff like that. That would be a name that thins out that room that doesn't necessarily impact you, but it gives him a, a chance to restart. That That is a great name to pick up. It, you know, I think maybe he needs a, a restart somewhere else. I, he's just buried at this point. Travis J, agree with you there. Schrader, yeah, I, he's been here for a little while, probably not going to break, break out. And then Malcolm Ray, yeah, I, I'm like on the edge of Malcolm Ray. I don't know if he – I think he's got potential – but like you said, they've been recruiting over him, it seems like. You know, he still hasn't been able to break through and they're and they're out recruiting over him because they have the ability to ability to, right? So I think uh the writing may be on the wall for him potentially. And I think and I think honestly, which I, what I like about the staff, I think Norvell and, and Atkins and, and Fuller and Odell, I think they tell the players like it is, right? Because they, they have the ability now with where the program is to say, hey Malcolm. Hey Travis, hey Josh, you know this is how this is how we plan to start the season. Like this is where you land on 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 the depth chart, right? Make the best decision for you. So I, I think they'll be honest with these kids. They're not going to sell them false hope of where they land, but I think these guys will have opportunities based on based on where they are. I think a lot of these guys have potential, but I, I think those are all great names to be right. But I think they will have real conversations after today with the coaching staff. And, and, and some spot, these are very good candidates for potentially moving on. Burrell just start practice again. Yeah, but to that point, Hypnotic, like you said, I, I don't know with as many guys that are in this room right now, plus the tight ends, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to get a shot this year. I, I would love to keep a rep because I do think he has high upside, but I don't know if he can come back, right? I, or this year, if he is he willing to sit sit another year? Or not to limit the snaps in their year, 
But like you said, if he's hurt coming back from that and still rehabbing that injury, coming back, practicing again, is he going to get any traction in the portal, right? So he may be better stick around, get back healthy again, and then portal next season if he still finds himself in the same scenario, to your point. Not knocking around, just numbers thing and the injuries, roster additions have just created. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, definitely not a not a knock on him. It's just numbers game, right? Numbers and play time available. Not every guy can play. Um, but I wouldn't knock him if he stayed either. If that slot, that scholarship is still for him, available for him, come back, develop, rehab the right way, get some racks reps in, and then say, hey, I'm back healthy again, and, and then portal out, or just see where you are in the depth chart. See how many people are still available. So, uh, you know, stuff like that. So thing, freak things happen. Or we may get three injuries in the receiver room. You, We never know in football where injuries are going to happen. Look at NC State with their quarterback situation. How many quarterbacks did they lose last year? Four? That could happen to your running receiver room. That could happen to your running back room, right? So I'm not going to – if he wants to stay, I'm not going to knock having more depth in the receiver room, right? I, I would love to have all the depth we can at the skill position uh, – skill positions, right? Yeah, it's a bummer that injuries have plagued him. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. It is it's it is a bummer. Um, but, yeah, anyone who transfers at this point, I'm going to wish them the best because we've it, it, we've luckily got to a position – where we've been able to out recruit over recruit at many roles in this, in this position, especially on the offensive side in the defensive line and defensive end. And uh, we're in a really good spot. So I don't like to lose guys, but I get it. It's, it's what's best for them. So, um, and I, I wouldn't expect us to bring in any other uh, transfers if people come out or I, I don't know who would be, we would go after other than I, like we said on Thursday, a punt return specialist. I'm, I'm saying put your scouts out there, go to the FCS, Level D2, look for that punk return specialist. We need some guy to replace Micah's production or its consistency, potentially. So, or maybe Jakai is that guy. But like I said, and I think B. Riley said on Thursday, there has been a little bit inconsistency in the reporting on him. But I I, I think Jakai is a great player, and I'd love to uh, see what he can do there. But we need that surefire, sure, sure-handed guy back there returning those kicks for sure. So, um, but yeah, that's going to do it. I think it was a great day for FSU football, a great day for the fans. Look like uh look like a you know all around a lot of positive out of today, not many negative, no one got hurt. Like I said, great day for FSU football, something I'll miss seeing live football until uh until September. So it'll be a, a long dry spell. Um, but we'll have a lot of news next couple of weeks. The transfer portal open. So a lot of report there. And uh, like I said, we'll be covering it as it goes live. Uh yeah, it's a nice spot, like you said, B. Riley. Uh we'll be losing guys we really hate to lose. But this is one of the last cycles where those we where we lose guys that we recruit have recruited over. Exactly, you're, you're you're totally right there. This will be one of the last cycles where we lose those guys that have recruited over. Absolutely. Um, and then from there, it's just going to be guys who 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 are willing to compete for those spots, right? Because you'll be getting high school guys if, if this season goes well. And it's great. To, that's the last point I want to bring up about recruiting. The only knock I've had against Mike Norvell since he's come in is his recruiting pipeline. And, and that's and I can't put that against fully against him because he he inherited a garbage program, right? And to say you're going to get top fifteen, top twenty classes when you're when you're inheriting a Willie Taggart program that's in shambles and they're coming off a three win season in the middle of COVID, I mean he was in a tough spot. Then you win three games, five wins, you're selling kids on a vision, right? And people are like oh, the recruiting cycles aren't going well, and then you lose Travis Hunter and that you know stuff like that. But now the momentum's back there. If this season he can execute on the field and then lock in 
this 2024 class and get that top five, top seven class, like we, that gets you back to being Florida State football, what we respect from the high school ranks and not purely just transfer portal guys. I think that is the final like infinity stone for Mike Norvell, right? He's got the portal going. He's got development internally. He's getting results on the field. But if he can unlock the high school recruiting pipeline and get commit, not just commitments, verbal commitments, but national sign day, sign the paper commitments. And I'll lock that and get consistent five, top five, seven classes. Sky's the limit for this. It was great to see Cam Davis shutting down his commitment cycle, right? Shutting down his recruiting cycle. Same with the quarterback, Luke, shutting it down. I don't take a lot of precedence in recruiting news because guys say I'm committing to Florida State, da, da, da. but we know commitments are BS, right? They, these guys commit six months. Six months later, then they're opening their commitments because it's all verbal, right? These are 16, 17 year old kids. I don't blame them. Their mind changes every other day, right? I can't blame those kids. But they positive things in recruiting. When the guy says, I'm shutting down my recruitment, I'm not visiting anywhere else, that's as close to signing as you can get, right? So to see two of the top guys in your 24 class or, or in this latest class say, I'm shutting it all down. I'm not visiting, I'm not taking any more visits, communications, whatever, that is very positive. And hopefully that trend continues because you don't see that happen a lot. And it's great to see that Mike's getting those types of high value commitments from his top players in his class. Yeah. And COVID, like you said, tough situation. But I think if Mike can lock in the 24 class and he's got to get results in the field this year, right? A lot of hype in the season. He's got to get 10 wins to, to keep that recruiting cycle going. But if he can lock in Cam, Day, you know, Cam and Luke and the rest of these guys, Get a top potential five, top five class, sky's the limit, right? So I'm excited. I'm really excited, but I don't want to you know, add more hype to the hype machine, right? So, all right, guys, that's going to do it. Great day. Um, thank you for whoever hosted the uh, the spring game, spring showcase on YouTube, because I don't have ESPN because YouTube TV is like $90 or whatever. So I appreciate whoever hosted that on YouTube TV or on YouTube. Appreciate that. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, keep, uh, keep in touch with the channel. We'll be doing feeds based on transfer portal news and stuff like that. And we may do some more basketball news because basketball program is in shambles right now. And I love ranting about that. So uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. So have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy your Saturday and we'll speak soon. Take it easy, everyone. Bye-bye.